Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. Thanks for joining us this last week of September 2020. It's so Do crazy. Do you remember? <laughs> Is that the 21st of September or 29th? Of September? No, I can't. <laughs> because you asked me, I can't you think don't of it. Re- we don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, we failed the song. I do not remember. The answer is no. But hey, thanks for joining us. How you doing, buddy? Hey. I don't even remember how I'm doing. <laughs> I so, think I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm good, man. Just, uh, you know, just, again, Lord's good. There's just so much going on, but. Grateful to be a part of all that he's doing. Yeah. You know, here at the church, we just wrapped up diaper drive, uh, which is great. Uh, Thanks for all the diapers for foster adoptive families. And I think our goal was too low. Uh, we need to set that goal higher. I think bro. we should. Let's kick it. Let's do it. So next Come year, on, man. this year was five thousand. Next year, we're believing God for fifty thousand tenfold increase. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Because we right, where would we even goal. put those diapers? But um. Yeah, uh, and uh, on we, babies' bottoms, Justin. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where diapers go. I uh, know that you're out of that stage uh, of life right. now, as am I, pretty much. Man. But yeah, mm. man, I remember that stage of life so well, mainly because we had like three kids in diapers at one time, and I was like, "How are, are we?" Twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you had three. Kids well, there was there was a gap because oh we yeah, had, we have the gap between. Yeah, the sorry, that would have been kind of insulting to Isaac. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> he would laugh so hard right now if he were here and roll his eyes simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, and then we we, we kicked off um, collecting donations for our team that's headed to New Orleans to serve, um, and then we've also do we have someone in India right now? We do. Oh my word! How how did how. How can that be? How can I be on Boggy Talk and in India at the same time? I don't time? know. Technology. Oh, man. All right. It's crazy. Man. Yeah. So we have You're a team. there. Yeah, there. We are uh, right now, as this is being uh, shared with the World Wide Web, we are You're in. in we are, yeah. Hey, but we're <laughs> in a we're in a city. Uh, Aurangabad is where we are. And uh, we are just spending time with some of the local leaders, investing in them. So uh, it's and going out and sharing the good news. From Niceville to Aurangabad. Aurangabad. That's yeah. right. And, and yeah. Capital B A D, right? Yeah, uh, right? yeah, so that's yeah, it's exciting. Uh, I look forward to sharing. Joke. <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> uh, it was a bad dad joke. There uh, you go. Look forward to sharing the, the church. Yes. just what God's doing. It's going to be great. Well, um, and since you're out next week, we're going to have a very special, very very guest special Captain on Boggy Fun, Talk Captain taking Fun, your place. Alec Ammons, yeah, student minister here at Church on Bayshore. Well, I did. I wasn't going to say his name because oh. Gen Z is so non-committal. That's like, right. We don't know for sure he'll be here yet. Or maybe we'll get like somebody even better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, hey, since you're in India and you are. Um, more than just the music man at our church, mm-hmm. the Scarecrow music man, the Gumby music That's man. That's right, the tall, lanky guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bounces. Because, because you weren't short remember and when it people wasn't going to be enough. Remember when people called us blinky and bouncy? Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> you that blinked was. a lot and I yeah. bounced a lot. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, you don't blink as much anymore. I think it's because I'm too tired to blink. <laughs> if they turn into long, <laughs> is he snows I a long am, blink? <laughs> they're just slow <laughs> blinks. Anyway... Since you're not short, and so your worship career hasn't taken off the way you wanted to be, you became more versatile. <laughs> what a what a term, worship career. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Is there anything more uh, anti-biblical? Since you that? since you thought I was going to be the next verdict, and we could do meet and greets, VIP uh, meet and greets, and it didn't <laughs> nice work out. To last week. Yeah, it didn't work out. Um, because yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm going to move on past that. Lots of reasons. Uh, that you are work out. the associate pastor of. 
worship and missions yeah. and a few other things James asks you to help with every once <laughs> in a while. Right. But uh, I think we should talk about missions, specifically since you're in India. So mm-hmm. why does our church, or any church for that matter, but specifically our church, do mission stuff? Like, shouldn't we care about our own people? Yeah, well, yeah, we should. And we should <laughs> care about others, too. Okay. You know, I think it goes back to, I mean, it's it's interesting. Sometimes when I people ask, what do you do at the church? I say, I'm the pastor of worship and missions. And they go, huh. Uh, and like because that's not necessarily a normal combination of roles for associate pastors, but um, I guess given I guess my heart and background, it, it's natural fit. But also, uh, you mentioned this quote a few weeks ago in worship. It's a quote by John Piper, and it's this: that missions exist because worship doesn't. Mm. And you know, God's goal for all peoples is to know Him and enjoy Him forever, to love Him, and uh, to. For, you know, and to, to trust, sing bringing in the sheep. So your goal in the sheaves. Your goal is to you know, and not that all you know, worship and music are not synonymous. Uh, music is a form of worship, uh, but not all worship is music. Certainly, uh, the goal is to to see the peoples of of every nation, every mm. tongue, and every tribe mm. worshiping mm. Jesus Christ, uh, knowing Amen. Him. And so, really, that's that's why the church does missions. Uh, the church is involved in missions. In fact, we say here at Church on Bayshore, we, we the church doesn't do missions; we are on mission. So the mission of the church is to make disciples of all nations. And that certainly is across the oceans and across borders, but it also is here. Uh, we cannot neglect either or. Okay, so, uh, agreed. I'm, I'm with you on that. All I think right, most good. people are with you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, there seems to be a lot of critiques out mm-hmm. there and also a lot of confusion out there about what it really does mean for a church to be involved in mission. So I guess... You know, I'd like to kind of talk about what are some of the problems when it comes to churches and how they do missions. Yeah, I think the root of the problem is when we view missions as a program of the church. Okay. And not like Could our, you, you know, and yeah. I think what that Unpack means that is. more, yeah. So I think, I'll use this as an example. When we when we think of missions as something we do, it's, it's us going in and we're going to help some people. And really what happens is we center ourselves in the story like we're going to do this we're going to be involved <laughs> totally just laughing at you because you're wearing this ridiculous shirt that we forgot to make mention of if you can't if you're watching just appreciate this shirt it is uh how did you get this shirt it's it's a cat it's a cat with lightning, with lightning it looks bolts. like the emperor in star wars Coming shooting lightning out. yeah but it's a cat yeah, you're right it's, yeah. what's the emperor's name again Palpatine. Palpatine, man, you're such a nerd. Uh, my, anyway, kids, my kids love yeah. Star Wars. All right. Well, yeah, uh, my friend, my good friend and colleague, Pastor Justin Wyatt, yeah. bought me this shirt. Well, yeah, from a yard sale. <laughs> yeah, from a yard that sale. That one of our friends actually donated to the yard sale. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, um, anyway. yeah, it was for you. I, I saw it. as like, so I have to get this for you for since you're really birthday. not here right now. That's right. Um, so, uh, as I was saying. Back to the problems of missions. <laughs> you just looked you down. Didn't, you didn't I, acknowledge my cup In your either. flowery cup. It matches your shirt. It matches does. Colors. does. Uh, so, Sorry, I don't have to love anyway, when we center ourselves in the story, we make ourselves the hero and not Jesus. And I think what happens a lot of times in churches, this churches mm. I think cerebrally understand it's a good thing to go and serve, or good thing to go. Um, we're talking mainly you know global missions, uh, but this can happen locally too, um, and that gets corrupted by yeah. our narcissistic, sin, selfish nature that is self-centered, yeah. and it really gives way to what a lot of people call um, missions tourism, mm-hmm. and that certainly is real. And so I think a lot of the critiques. Did of you say that certainly is real or is, is real? Is real, yeah. That was a Israel. Freudian that is funny. slip. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of tourism <laughs> going on in Israel. There is, yeah. But I think what happens is that where we go on mission trips, 
to feel good about ourselves, to feel like the experience. Yeah, it's about the experience. It's about what we get out of the trip. And, um, you know, while it's certainly true that these trips uh, do change us as we go, mm-hmm. I tell our teams a lot in our training that we do is like, you, when we come back and you talk about this, this trip, like the first thing you shouldn't be is say is like, I just, it, it, it's not as much as what we did. It, it just changed me. Like, cause that you're centering yourself in the mm-hmm. story and, mm-hmm. and you are going mm-hmm. to be changed. It is going to change your worldview when you go, it is going to, you can't, uh, negate that. But when we center ourselves in the story, what this what this gives way to is really um, us being heroes and not Jesus being the center of the right. story. And, you know, we've heard stories, and, and it feeds in this mission's tourism, and it, cre- it can easily create a dependency mm-hmm. on teams mm-hmm. coming to, uh, mm-hmm. from other countries, a, a dependency on the resources. It's focused on the mission team's experience rather than empowering and discipling the local believers who live there, you know, 365 mm-hmm. days a year. Um, and, and again, it just it just it just distorts what I think is God's call. So with the truth that, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times people go overseas and they're not really asking, are we being effective? They're asking, did that feel good to go do mm-hmm. with the truth that we know that from our experience in India, that there are pastors who have been taught, hey, if you can find a white supporter, you can make it good you know, mm-hmm. in your life. And, and there being a lot of people who really yeah. put on a front um, and give you numbers and all that stuff to make you feel like you're being impactful. Like, why? Why even do anything? Mm. Like, how do we even know that anything we do is actually really being that beneficial? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of this is you walk by faith and you exercise a lot of discernment and reliance on the Holy Spirit. I would say that, um, again, we've said this on Sunday mornings, a plan is better than no plan. And mm-hmm. you and you make a plan and you go for it until God redirects you or changes course. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I think the the... the relationships that we have uh, here uh, where we're serving in India have been their fruit of many mm-hmm. years and you know mm-hmm. this is <clears throat> this partnership actually stems back to you know your previous church and my previous church and and it took years to get even yeah, to a level right. where we felt comfortable even beginning to talk about financial support uh, you know yeah. and so I think um, it takes a commitment to the long haul the long term mm. mm. and I think that's where people don't want to make a commitment because people in general want a feel-good story mm-hmm. uh, they want quick results mm-hmm. and that is just not often the case mm-hmm. uh, when we're talking about missions uh, in endeavors uh, specifically in places where there is no local church established or there's very little gospel witness it takes a long time time to see the fruit and we have to be committed to that i i I think that you know we've talked a lot about how the the truth that happens in the church where like the fruit isn't happening but then the pastoral leadership feels the need to Mm. like make it look like there's fruit to keep people engaged and i think the same thing happens with missions where missionaries whether they're american or they're national you know Mm -hmm. to where we're serving and missions organizations also like wrestle with that same tension too. If we don't like, nobody's excited that, Hey, we're going to go here 20 years and there may not be a ton of fruit, but trust me in 20 years, by that time, you'll see a lot of good work. People don't have the patience. It's not, it's not as exciting to the Western church because I think, I think this is important to understand, you know, just like the Western church, like we celebrate numbers, we celebrate, you know, like, you know, you see a quick success or, you know, you, you see churches posting and not, you know, some churches do this. And I saw a church recently and I really think 
my personal opinion is this this pastor is trying to and it's, it's not a local church but it's this pastor is trying to platform himself and he's like we had 202 baptisms today and i'm like like while i want to rejoice and i'm like hey i'm sure that many of those are legit yeah, but i'm right. like but really like are all and i think that gets celebrated and people are like wow and then what happens is churches are like what do they do and let's just do what they did, and we'll get the same results. Well, that happens in global missions as well. Every um, Easter, the whole population in the U.S. is baptized. Yeah, every <laughs> I'm just Easter. like, yeah. by now, everyone's, yeah. yeah. So I just think, like, where are these people? And so the same is true in missions, in global missions. Yeah. You know, a lot of the popular stories of global missions are about these, these movements of church planting where— um, you know, the gospel just spreads like wildfire, and in three mm-hmm. years, there's 100,000 new believers. Mm-hmm. And while, I mean, certainly some of that is true, but I'm actually reading a book right now called Missions Manifesto that talks about some of this, that the end result is that years later, those believers are nowhere to be found because mm-hmm. they haven't... Voted Republican? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this, if this your is, ears just like exploded from my laugh right there. We're, we're going to move to this format of Boggy Talk where I ask you questions. You talk I, about these I serious, serious things stuff. and you no, just interject no, no. random clips. Oh, man. Well, I'm sure, yeah, no, that's what we're converting no. to, Christian nationalists, yeah. right? So, no, well, I mean, that is the, that has been a problem, right, yes, is Americans absolutely. are important to our mm-hmm. ideals, not scriptural ideals. Yes. But back to the point is you're saying like, there's been the celebration of this great fruit, and but then where are they? And when I we think, actually investigate it, it's like, like they're not, yeah. and the church isn't continuing to multiply. And so I think because it worked, and there was yeah. there is response, and I think even you know where we're where we're working in India, there there are times, and I don't think this is happening with the pastors we're working with, but there are stories of you know it's like, hey, this pastor's coming in, and and they baptize me, and like, hey, we have another pastor coming in next month, we're all going to get rebaptized, so they all can see yeah, it. It's just about yeah, you know, so yeah. we have to recognize a couple of things that anytime yeah. there's money involved mm-hmm. and that doesn't matter if that's cross-culturally or mm-hmm. not like no matter you if it's rupees to, dollars yeah pesos, like you've got is, to be yeah. extra discerning and careful and know that there ha- there is a level of trust and you have to do due diligence and i think yeah. we are like there is accountability and uh and, and we're working to you know just continue to stay in conversation and 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 to to not create dependency you know mm-hmm. so we That's we good. have kind of these principles with the pastors we're working with that you know the the financial support we provide is really helping um the ministry expenses not necessarily their family expenses uh um and it's helping them get where they need to go to share and it's Ultimately, like it's a short commitment, um, you know, a year to two year commitment, and then it goes to another path. So it's to create a little bit of urgency for them mm-hmm. as well. Well, um, yeah, I think this is all good stuff. Well, can you just take the next few minutes before we wrap this up and just talk a little bit more? Because I, at our church, we have a lot of great people mm. with a lot of great ideas who are read, educated have relational yeah. connections. Praise God. Literally, there could be 150 ideas for how we do missions, but we've kind of narrowed our focus. Mm-hmm. So what is our strategy, you know, as a church? And um, people hear this at Discover, but mm-hmm. they may not remember, and some people haven't yeah. been to Discover. So we have four key areas we're trying to engage uh, strategy-wise, uh, missions and outreach. And that is the first, uh, is through church planting, both, both locally and globally. Like we believe the church is called to carry the gospel to the nation. So 
um, you know, locally that is supporting church plants in our area and in the United States. You know, our church planting team has make, made some recommendations for 2023 as we've helped support Anchor Church in our area and looking forward to what's next. There's some exciting things that I think that team will be able to share once our budget's approved, um, uh, you know, Lord willing. So um, approve our budget. Yeah, please. It, it, yeah, yeah, it involves yeah. some great yeah, things for yeah, church planting because right. you know, we as a church, we want to be investing in the kingdom, giving away ourselves. Um, And then we also want to do that uh, globally. So we are looking in our global engagement. Top priority is this, is that we're working with areas or in areas or with organizations whose focus is on planting churches and strengthening churches. Mm, So, um, you know, for example, we took a team of students to the Dominican Republic this past summer. And, you know, so the Dominican Republic, lots of people take mission trips there every year. So why did we go there? Well, one, (laughs) to surf, you know, to surf. Oh, you said surf. surf. I thought you said to surf. Yeah, Yeah. to surf, to surf. uh, But the reason is, is one, we were taking students and you kind of logistically have to go somewhere that you can get there. But the reason we felt good about going there wasn't it was we Bogota, were working Columbia that's was right off the, off <laughs> you know the, you're like all, all right you can't go to Venezuela teenage, that's teenagers. right or Cuba yeah um but we were working through local churches we were working through local Haitian congregations yeah, right. that were reaching Haitian refugees and yeah. strengthening so it's you we want to keep that at the forefront of what we're doing and so that's our engagement and you know I think Lord willing you know once we continue to see what we're doing uh in and yeah uh, flourish and it's difficult there for our pastors and leaders the government is uh make, makes it difficult um, but we want to, our, our next priority would be let's look at another place where the gospel mm-hmm. is, it's not truly like fully engaged with the gospel and where can we help the gospel flourish. Um, so local and global church planning, missionary support. We want to support missionaries, global missionaries that God is calling from our church to go and serve. Uh, so we have three uh, missionaries right now that we're serving, uh, that we're supporting uh, financially through prayers, through, you know, just needs they have they let us know and we as a church one of them was them. here this past weekend we prayed yes the, the, service, uh, yeah. the stokes here are serving in south asia um you uh, you got hopefully you had a chance to meet them and have their have lunch with them um and, you know and they are working church planting in a very uh, unreached area um, we have laura jones who serves with one more child serving orphans and vulnerable kids in uganda and then we also have the hamiltons who serve with back-to-back ministries in mexico uh, which really leads us to our so missionary support, and then what we call our 127, 1910 ministries, uh, serving the widows, serving widows, orphans, uh, the poor, and refugees. Um, James 127 and Leviticus 1910 are two key verses, but really the whole testimony of Old Testament and New Testament. These are four people groups that God calls His people to take care of. So at our church, widows are primarily cared for through deacons, uh, sometimes through our our benevolence ministry, but. Our deacons take care of widows. Uh, our ministries support um, orphan care, foster adoptive families. Uh, we, our benevolence ministry and other things, support um, those who are in financial need, uh, and then also refugees. We want to we want to be constantly looking at how do we help these people groups. And then the final okay, is our Joe local. Biden. That's right. <laughs> oh man, man, you, you've made a or Republican. Leviticus. That's right. Or yeah, God or the Bible. Yeah, his... and that is a key. Those yeah, people, yeah. when you start focusing on those things, people are saying, "Well, we should just be about proclaiming the gospel." True. And that is a well true, yes. Yeah, yeah. But an implication of the gospel is that you know we do care yeah. for those. The gospel is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on yes. earth in heaven. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like Jesus The gospel of what, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Jesus yeah. when he his his time on earth in ministry, he served people, he helped people, he healed people. 
and and that to say that was this his is, calling. <laughs> oh man, you're well, you're on fire today. I know, yeah. But um, and the last is our local engagement. How are we locally engaging our community? Uh, that happens through uh, some support of some local organizations and ministries. It also happens through um, serving and encouraging people to serve and getting people plugged into community organizations and ministries where they can serve. Like uh, Serve Day is going to be coming up uh, November 5th. Uh, that's a Saturday, and we did one in the, in the spring and had a lot of people participate. But more than people participating, what was great is that one of the goals we had was intergenerational serving, yeah. which happened, but also that some people who participate in these ministries continued serving in them. And so they're making connections in the neighborhood, in the, neighborhood, in the yeah. hood, and, uh, and it's, it's just great. Yeah, I think that I would just say we, we when you think about missions, you can't separate all the other things. Mm. And, you know, healthy disciples make healthy disciples. Yeah. And so, like, really, ultimately, God hasn't necessarily given us a lot of clarity on methodology mm-hmm. as a church, but also same for missions. And so yeah. don't, don't separate. All, all that we've talked about in Boggy Talk, right. if you think about missions, don't automatically, like, change the right. way you think. And if we're doctrinally sound and creating disciples, then that is ultimately going to lead to the way mm-hmm. that we do missions, not perfectly, but effectively for his kingdom. Right. And so uh, grateful to have you on board hey, and all I, the stuff you're bringing. I'm, you know, trying to, to continue there. to learn in yeah. this, I think, because it's an ever-shifting, you know, you've got to continue to learn. I think the last thing I'd say, too, is that the two errors we often make is that we abandon things too soon. Ooh, uh, like, ooh. we just, it doesn't make us feel good, or yeah. it's not the fruit we wanted to see, it didn't happen as fast, or... We overstay the welcome, and we create codependency, yeah, well, and that happens. Mm-hmm. That can happen. That happens in leadership, you know. Mm-hmm. And it happens in a, in a in a micro level, like in our in the ways that we mm-hmm. are um, responsible for shepherding mm-hmm. the church. We can abandon things too soon, mm-hmm. or create dependency on ourselves uh, when we're called to shepherd the church and then equip this uh, equip the saints for ministry. And it's the same in missions. So. Final final question. All right. Can I use the children in other countries on my Instagram post to make me look spiritual? Oh, no, you cannot. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> we cover that in our okay. training, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> all <laughs> Don't right. post pictures of you with people that you wouldn't talk to here in America. Ooh, yeah. that's good. All right, we got a couple good questions this yeah, week, right? So the first question is, uh, why, in light of our intergenerational uh, study and emphasis as a church, why do we still have contemporary and traditional services? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> that's a good question. Because of you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just really nuanced. There's yeah. a nuance to the nuance of the nuance. No, um, I mean, I, we would love for them to be identical. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'll just speak bluntly about it. But, you know, there's just people that have strong preferences about music, whether that be traditional or contemporary. And for whatever reason, they say and seem to be distracted by having identical services, mm-hmm. you know, that would be maybe more in the middle. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's just not really worth forcing it our our hopes is maybe that would eventually be something that kind of naturally happens um Mm -hmm. and and so add to the fact that we don't really have space space. i was about to say that's a that's a practical matter that kind of helps make we could wrestle with this a lot more but a practical thing right now that makes the decision a little easier for us is that we if we were to combine and have two services we would be full in both services and really at capacity uh you know there's this 80 percent now it's really 70 even some would say lower than that percent rule of like once you have that many percentage of your seatings full you're full because people don't feel like there's room for them we would be at that level uh in both services and so we really don't want to be there because god is growing us and we want to create space so we really at this point need three services 
and because we have people who are there, like who are just like they they have strong preferences. And I think that most of them now would say it's a preference. They wouldn't try to argue yeah. that it's better biblically yeah, one way or the other. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. by Dude, and large, still. I agree. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's there's a few, but yeah, even they would be mostly gracious, mostly yeah. gracious about yeah. it. You're right. Um, yeah, I mean, and if I were probably 10 years younger, I would probably be like, no, this is what God wants. He wants us worshiping together. We're going to make it happen, and I would create drama that doesn't need to happen yeah. because we are moving yeah. in that direction, and maybe we, just yeah. not as fast as and, we'd And like. honestly, part of it is, like, I genuinely, like, love the people. That, yeah, oh, like, yeah. I, I, you know, for the traditional service, I genuinely love the people, and, you know, as I'm called to equip the saints, I'm like, if this is right now what it takes, like, I'm happy to do it. Uh because I have, just like everyone else in this church, yeah. I have preferences too, right. and none of us should get all of our preferences all the time. You're right. And uh, so I'm Unless happy to serve Jesus. that way. <laughs> Jesus should get all of his preferences yes, because, right. and even he's like, did not see yeah. equality with yeah. God a thing to be grasped. Amen. Preach, brother. Down. So, uh, Speaking of preaching, hey, this question, question this question actually came uh, from uh, uh, from a join class that we had yes. recently, and the question is, do we ordain women as pastors? So and why not? And why why or why not? And the answer was no. We as a church do not. Yeah. So why not? Uh, yeah. The Bible, um, Paul, you know, very very specifically explains that, uh, you know, and when he gives qualifications elsewhere for pastoral role, he also addresses men, uh, and it is it is clear in the language that that's what he's doing, and some people have said, well, isn't this just more of a cultural thing? Um, and because there's some other things in the New Testament that you could say, well, that was really a cultural thing. How do we apply right. that principle? But he actually references creation mm-hmm. in uh, the one uh, passage dealing with this in First Corinthians. And so, you know, I think that uh, it's just clear, you know, now why fully, uh, you know, we can that's where we can kind of get into like debate. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I, I would say that, you know, God is God has created men and women to have distinct roles. Mm-hmm. Biology supports that, and it's been the way it's been since the origin. And so that's how God's kingdom functions, is the roles of men and women. So he's placed men as the, the spiritual leader. That doesn't mean what has been abused by right. people in Used churches and, misused, and right. domineering, <clears throat> and it doesn't mean you know, when that women literally have to sit down and shut up and not say anything. Like, that's not what it means. But... Um, you know, if a woman were the pastor, then she's the spiritual leader in the church. How is her husband the spiritual leader? And and you really have to dig in to understand the nature mm-hmm. of the church, how it overflows out of the family, and all that stuff to fully understand it. I think a lot of the debate is just because people really don't know what the Bible says. Now, I'm no personal. Like, there's not—in in fact, in my flesh, I'd rather not have this argument right. and just let women do, you know, whatever. But I just have to trust God in this. Um, we lose, we have people mm-hmm. that don't join this church because of that. Um, and you know, I, I still think though, like I, it is the responsibility of the pastor pastors and leaders of the church to figure out how do we allow women, you know, to use their gifts, um, while just not in this one role. Yeah. I think that's a good point. You know, going back to what you said two things, going back to what you said about, you know, uh, isn't it just cultural? And I think a lot of those cultural things are tied to women, like when Paul talks about women wearing head coverings yeah, and, right. and being silent, how those, why are those cultural and this isn't. And I think you explained this one goes back to the created, he got his appeal is back to the created order, whereas other ones, they, you know, 
are clearly like cultural things in terms of what was going on in their worship practices. Yeah. We can talk. We won't have time to dive into right. all that right now. But then, like what you said, like I think yeah, that's where that is right. It's boggy. Yeah. But I think what you just said too is that we as church leaders should be actively seeking out like to to help women and that sounds bad but like to make sure that women are able to flourish in their giftings and callings in all the ways that they are free to do that and uh which is a lot i think yeah um, and you referenced this i think uh in uh, the, recently in something we were talking about we talk a lot but it's not just any men; it's qualified men. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, so it's, it's not, not just like any men. man can be a pastor, and no, it's like it's got to be the qualified man. Yeah, yeah like it's it's the people set apart by and, God. Yeah, for and this role. and that's where I think people get get stuck, and because it has been abused and it has been misused. And you said in a few in a sermon a few weeks ago, like women are not called to submit to men. Like, yeah, right. Their husband. It's right. very clear, yeah, you yeah, know. And yeah. so, and, and that's where I think it's just women. Just women be quiet, and the man's yeah. in charge. Like no, like. And in fact, I think we as a church really, and our leadership teams and our trustees, like really, like that's men and women, and it's open to either one, uh, you know. And I think because we need all these voices to be the church God's calls us calls us. To, God has called us to be, mm-hmm. um, and so we have to be intentional about seeking that out. Yeah, and, and, and so, you know, I, I think I've talked about this before here, but, you know, when when there's churches and they call both the husband and the wife the pastor, like, and they're the team, like, you know, I, I don't see why you would do that because the office in the Bible has clear qualifications. Um, and so the church, a church I'm going to be a part of isn't actually going to do that. But, you know, I'm not going to berate somebody for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um Again, even if I disagree with them, um, you know, and and while just in our context, it would be too confusing to have a woman teach on Mother's Day. There are churches who say, hey, we, we have women teach. They're not exercising authority, though. The pastors mm-hmm. have doctrinal authority. They're teaching under their authority. I'm not going to go to, you know, town arguing with them on that either. Again, just for me, I think it creates confusion when you do that. Um, so I think there's some liberty here. Yeah, there, uh, there is. And I think some people try to take it to an extreme. Like, I mean, I've listened to women teachers who've, who are teaching the Bible, and I'm like, man, that's a great insight. I, I wouldn't have thought of it that way. I think if, like, listen to Jen Wilkin teach. If you listen to, you know, it's like, well, that's great insight. Oh, yeah. It's But it's like— but she doesn't claim to be a pastor. Right, yeah, she's, exactly. She, her podcast actually is she's a great very one to clear, listen like, to because yeah, she talks about this is, regularly. Yeah, What's it called? You listen to it. Uh, knowing Faith. Yeah. She's on the podcast. You listen to all the ladies' podcasts. <laughs> Every single one. And that's not just a ladies' <laughs> podcast. Just but it's just a good, like, I just think there's this great insight. And uh, if I were to go to a, a life group uh, and and there was a woman uh, t- uh, instructing that week because of, you know, whatever, I, I would listen and I would probably receive a lot, you know. Yeah, like, the book of Joel and the book of Acts say that women will prophesy. Mm-hmm. So it's not that women can't with the Holy Spirit. It's not that women can't speak publicly, you right. know, like um, mm-hmm. it's just this role, you know, that yeah. the Lord is. And it goes back to the created order yeah. and the way God's made men and women. And so, you know, I would just ask people who really buck against what I'm saying, like, is the place you're coming from seeing the Bible through culture mm-hmm. or seeing culture through the Bible? And because a lot of the argument of no, we yeah, I can't believe that churches have still do what I'm saying right now is not coming from a scriptural basis, you know. Yeah. And anyway, yeah. all but, right. But we love you. Look, we yeah, love you. Seriously, and we degree like, there's to disagree. Like, and there's some people who would be like, and if you do this, I hate you, and you're not like you don't believe the Bible, and that's not at all what we're saying. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's charity qualified. In this. 
people for this. All game. right. So game time. Game time. So we I need to lighten this up. Yeah, we're gonna lighten this up because this is some heavy questions. Yeah. So um I just you know, we were talking about missions and missions is all about having to make decisions where, wow. you know, like there can be great options. There can yes. be like option A is good and option B is good too. Which one is gooder? Uh, okay. you know? good. Good. Which one's gooder? Um, okay. But uh, off, but oftentimes you're having to make a decision between one thing that is not as great and one thing is really not as great. So we're going to play a little game of this or that. And uh, you, Sir James Ross, have to choose which one you would choose. This or that. Okay. So here we go. Would you choose this? Being stuck in a life group with someone who always turns every conversation into a debate about end times. Okay. Or someone who starts off every conversation in life group by saying, well, I feel like scripture oh, says this. <laughs> I'm totally setting you up on all of these. Oh, goodness who gracious. would you, would you rather this be stuck on a life group leader, uh, not leader, life group with someone who turns every conversation to debate about end times, or that someone who starts everything they say about the Bible with, I feel that it. I, I guess I'd go with the I feel that it, because at least I'm engaged to, <laughs> and entertained by what new thing they're saying. Yeah, there you go. And, but and, I would blink a lot. <laughs> You'd be like, I can, yeah. what's funny is like, I think everybody who knows you well, and I can just like yeah, see your face you like right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I don't lead a life group. All right. So, uh, crushing those feelings. <laughs> would you rather this to have to publicly endorse the Left Behind series, <laughs> <laughs> or good. that publicly? And this is a throwback to last week. Publicly endorse I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Ooh. For the record, neither one of these are good endorsements. So I'd rather publicly endorse I Kiss Dating Goodbye with some disclaimers. There would just be too <laughs> many disclaimers for the Left Behind series. <laughs> with you. Oh, man. I just, yeah, just, can you imagine? All right. Would you rather worship in a service next to someone who can't keep a beat but insist on clapping? Oof. Or someone who can't sing on key but insists on singing very loudly? I guess the very loudly one, again, apparently I'm a that guy. Because, (laughs) you know, they probably love Jesus and they're just not good at singing. And and that has happened to me many times. The clapping on beat, though, like, then it gets hard for me. Yeah, you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me just grab your hand. I'm gonna hold, yeah, hold your yeah. hand. Both both are pretty challenging. Yeah, I'm with you. I would. That's I why would, I sit in the front row. Nobody I would choose the me. loud singer because I'm like I could probably still sing louder than you. Yeah. Uh, but also like at least they're probably coming from a place of just genuine worship. Yeah. Not that the off clap yeah. beater, off beat clapper isn't. But you know. All right. Yeah. So this or that? Would you rather? Words as are a, dangerous. <laughs> as a life coach. Life coach. As a life coach. Life coach. That's, would you? Is that my new title? In that's right. <laughs> would you rather have this? Joel Osteen, or that oh. Stephen Furtick, who you want your li- as it's your gotta, life coach? It's got to be Joel Osteen, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just so much nicer. Yeah, I think you would, <laughs> you would just like again. The, I think the same face you'd make at someone who says that I feel true. about this, that you'd be true. like, that is true. That <laughs> Stephen Furtick said, I would. "All right, okay. Would you rather this? Would you rather be forced to greet people on Sunday mornings with a hug and a holy kiss?" <laughs> 
or have to wear a mask all the time you're at church. Ooh. <laughs> have to wear a mask. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I can't kiss everybody. <laughs> That's just a lot of kissing. It's not uh, holy. And at it, that yeah, point. you're like, nah, heart, you know, the whole. Yeah, and culturally, yeah. that happens, you know, but it's yeah, not no. American culture, and that's what we're used to. So, all right. Um, mm. But okay. wearing a mask really got old. Remember yeah. when we did that? Oh, it was, it was, yes. Like it you was, forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Remember <laughs> no, when we did that? When was that? Yeah. <laughs> 2020. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, two more. All right. This or that. Would you rather? <laughs> would you rather have to sing every Sunday this "Reckless Love" mm. or that a current pop song with rewritten Christian lyrics? Wow! <laughs> <laughs> reckless love, but I would just never say reckless. I would say relentless. You would just would just, just substitute. You would just yeah. change. You would do your own or, rewrite. Or I blink whenever <laughs> we said relentless. Oh, the overwhelming love. There you go. Yeah, but the other thing would just. I would just. It would just. You would be just so like, cynical. It would be heart. like, yeah. oh come on. I just, man, it's doing that is only good if you're actually doing it to be a parody. But there was a season when that was legit. Like I remember going to this big like yeah. community. I think maybe I told this story one time, but it was like a big community like worship thing in college and the song Free Fallen, Tom Petty, which is about like marijuana. Like and they like rewrote the songs. They're like, everybody wants you to stand up and we're gonna like sing this song. And they start off like she's a good girl. She reads her Bible. (laughs) And it was like legit. Like they were like, this was totally sincere. And I was like, I just can't. I can't sing along with this. If it were reformed, it'd be like, she's a good, bad girl. (laughs) Bad girl. Red cheek sinner. sinner. (laughs) She can't turn her eyes up until the Holy Spirit comes upon her. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. All right, last one. Would you rather have to get... A tattoo on your forearm <laughs> that says "Follow your heart." Oh my goodness! Or on your heart that says "Follow your arm." <laughs> Sorry. Or have to exclusively wear cheesy knockoff Christian T-shirts like the uh, the Reese's symbol that oh says "Jesus, King of Kings." I would just always wear long sleeve shirts <laughs> and cover up the "Follow your heart," and I would probably like redo it you know and i would also be good testimony like this this is a good example of why following your heart yeah there you go turn it into a preaching illustration one time i got this tattoo and then you'd pull out a sharpie and just be like don't follow and you could just there you go or just for me too because i'm a pastor like so i'm wearing this cat shirt like with light (laughs) this this shirt is amazing people know it's ironic but if i were wearing this cheesy christian shirt it's like People who listen to Boggy Talk would know it's ironic. Yes. But, like, people out and coaching football against they me would, would be like, think you're serious. Yeah, and then people would start getting you more because they would be like, oh, we know that you like these. And they would yeah, just keep I buying know, more know, and more. And yeah. then it would be cheesy art on your walls. And then it would just it, – it's a snowball that you couldn't stop. And I feel like the tattoo, you could redeem that somehow. And, yeah, and if I was wearing that Follow Your Heart tattoo, <laughs> like a lot of the ladies at Panera and Blue Water would be like – Good for you. Uh, yeah. Good for you. Wait, follow your heart. Yeah, you are where you need to be. Forearm. I see you. All the <laughs> just, cliches. Hey, you just need to be still. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, um, I, that just was those kind of I came up with those off the top of my head, and I, I had a, a few good. more that I just was like, yeah, that's that was not good. So yeah. anyway, this or that. Sometimes we're forced into making choices between two good things. Sometimes <laughs> we're forced 
making decisions between two bad things and mm. choosing the lesser of evil. But hey, tuning into Boggy Talk got, is never got serious, man. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Tuning into Boggy Talk is never a bad hey, thing. Hey, I have so. a question for you. All right, come on. Bayshore. How do you pronounce it? Bayshore. Because I hear people Bayshore. Bayshore. <laughs> Alec and others say Bayshore. Bayshore. They like Bayshore. Church on Bayshore. Church on Bayshore. Church on Bayshore. Church on Bayshore. Why is that so? I don't. It's really. I mean, it's just that's, you know what? It should just be first oh, it's just. It's time to change it back. All right. Okay. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Be sure you tune in next week uh, with a special guest. Yes. Hey, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.